All right, thank you. So I have a few slides as well. Uh, all right, well, thank you so much for uh, giving me a chance to talk to you as well in the few minutes remaining. Uh, I'm Scott Brandt. Uh, in addition to being uh, Associate Vice President for Research and Innovation at UC Office of the President and uh, Interim Arch of COO, I say interim because uh, we're still building up our uh, infrastructure. I don't actually get paid for that uh, yet. But um, I'm also a professor at UC Santa Cruz where I've been for 24 years. Um, and in fact, my daughter just graduated from Kirby High School right around the corner from here. So I'm a longtime Santa Cruz resident. And I'm really, really pleased to have the opportunity to talk to you today about arches. So if we could bring up my slides, we have those queued up. My cursor. All right. Well, uh, well, while we're bringing those up, I'll just tell you. So I've been working on arches now for uh, almost two years, um, and uh, really, really excited to tell you about it. So this is a, a project uh, that we've been doing really for the good of the state. So arches is a. a operates as a nonprofit. Technically, it's a LLC, but all of the partners in it are nonprofits. Um, and so it operates as a nonprofit. We're, uh, we're doing it because we think it's the right thing for the state of California um, and its residents. Um, so uh, our mission is really to bring hydrogen energy to the state of California, um, uh, clean green hydrogen energy exclusively uh, and to help develop a, a clean hydrogen market uh, and economy in California. Um, the partners are the University of California, the state of California through the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development, the State Building and Construction Trades Council of California, which is a coalition of 157 unions statewide, and then the Renewables 100 Policy Institute, which is a, a NGO devoted to renewable energy. Um, uh, so those are the four key partners in uh, our, the ARCHES uh, organization itself. And then we have a network of uh, uh, municipal and industry partners who are uh, involved in actually developing the project. There'll be uh, subcontractors under ARCHES to implement the projects themselves, um, but not actually partners in the organization itself. So ARCHES itself will administer the funds that come through us uh, but we won't implement the, the projects. Our partners will implement the projects. So we'll administer and oversee the program. We'll implement certain portions of the program that are distributed in statewide. For, for instance, uh, uh, managing community benefits, managing workforce development, things like that, that really are cross-cutting across all projects. But then our partners will be... Uh, managing their own projects themselves. For example, if you're, if you're uh, uh, doing fuel cell buses, you will do that. We won't do that for you, uh, but we'll administer the funds uh, and help you with uh, certain aspects of the projects and connecting you with other partners uh, for the pieces that uh, we can help you with there. So um, uh, if we could bring these slides up, that would be helpful. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay. So, the, um, where we're at in the process right now is uh, we have applied to the Department of Energy for a $1.25 billion grant. Uh, in addition, we have uh, roughly $2 billion in matching funds committed from the state of California, and then an additional 10 point something billion in matching funds from various municipalities and uh, industry partners. Uh, rounding out about a $13 billion funding package in total. Uh, we have 39 project partners uh, in total. Uh, 
constituting uh, hydrogen production, hydrogen use, uh, and hydrogen transportation and storage. Very little storage, it's mostly transportation. Our goal is to do uh, production and offtake uh, well matched over the course of the project so we don't have to store very much. Most of the storage is sort of buffering storage in transit. Um, a little bit of storage on site and some of the larger offtakers, uh, uh, again, just sort of buffering capacity. Um, uh, and uh, we're going from about, oh, there we go, about uh, 30 metric tons per day at the beginning to 515 metric tons per day at the end of the project. Um, uh, and that's the, that's the sort of high level. Oh, okay, if we could go to the, oh, I got the, I got the controls here. Yes. So this is our this is our high level goal. We want to create a market and ecosystem. As I said, our goal is really to support the state in uh, uh, using fully renewable resources to fully decarbonize the regional economy. Starting, of course, with the state of California. But our goal is to create something that can extend beyond California into the larger region. Ultimately, part of the DOE's goal is to interconnect these hubs with their sponsoring uh, to reach the whole nation. I mean, we're prioritizing environmental justice, equity, economic leadership, workforce development, and ultimately uh, hydrogen market viability, because if it's not, if we don't create a viable market, this won't take off and become self-sustaining. Um, uh, I mentioned it's really a partnership between industry, higher ed, and our DOE national labs, uh, the state of California, labor, and the communities that we're uh, working with and in. Um, uh, and really, it is fundamentally a, a, a partnership, and an unprecedented partnership. The state is actually a partner in the ARCHES organization itself, as is labor. And that's uh, really unprecedented. When we went to present to the DOE uh, earlier this month, they were really stunned that we had labor as a full partner in the organization itself. We brought the, the national head of the uh, building and construction trades organization with us in the room to present to them. And apparently, that's never happened before. They were, they were shocked. Um, uh, we uh, really just, they're a partner in every aspect of this from the very beginning. Um, and in fact, the, the head of the AFL-CIO offered to come too. We thought that was a little bit much, so we didn't. We didn't in fact, they also asked when they should walk the proposal into the White House. Uh, we said, yeah, okay, that's cool, thanks, but uh, that seems a little extreme. Uh, uh, but in any case, uh, 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 that really, this is a true partnership at, at, at all levels uh, to achieve our goals. Um, the principles that we've had from day one are as follows. Uh, we felt that this really had to be statewide. Initially, there were a number of different proposal efforts. When you put a billion dollars on the table, there are a lot of people that want to play. And there were many different proposal efforts. But we really felt for this to work uh, and serve the state, it had to be a statewide proposal. Uh, that brought everybody together. And so we worked really, really hard to bring everyone to the table and have one proposal that served the entire state. Uh, and Jamie can attest to this. Uh, it was uh, an interesting process to get everybody working together on one proposal. And uh, I traveled the entire state, uh, meeting with people all over the place to get everyone together. We also uh, made sure that it's a clean, green hydrogen only. Uh, we're committed to using renewable resources, period, nothing else. Um, and there has to be stakeholder and community engaged. And we held dozens of meetings with community groups around the state uh, um, to ensure that we talk to people, we talk to community groups, we talk to individuals, and 
make sure that we heard from people, we listen, uh, and that we are engaged. And we have over 50 community groups that have signed on to be uh, supporters of Archers, that talk with us. We have uh, community representatives that are reaching out into communities to make sure that we're hearing from people and talking to them and making sure that their voices are part of the process. And we have seats on the board for community representatives. Uh, we have a seat for tribal nations. We have a seat for community representatives. Um, uh, we have a seat for cities and local governments to make sure that their voices stay heard um, and that their participation is guaranteed throughout. We also wanted to make sure that uh, everything we do is equity and justice centered. Um, that's a key principle for us, for California. It's also required by the Department of Energy, but uh, this is California, and uh, anything that we're doing in California has to make sure that those things remain central to what we do. And that we're, what we're doing is aligned with state interests. The DOE has its, its uh, goals, but California has our goals as well. And so we have to overlay those on anything that we're doing. Um, and that's part of why we got uh, the state of California in as a partner as well. Um, because, uh, both because we need them uh, to help support this and we need the state's funds to match and because we want to make sure that as we're going forward, we're really doing this in a way that will support California's longer-term goals. And we need to be solution-oriented. The Department of Energy has aggressive uh, financial goals, uh, and one of them is to get ultimately get uh, hydrogen down to $2 per kilogram uh, at, uh, in the production uh, stage, so that the production costs are $2 per kilogram of produced hydrogen. Uh, but uh, right now we can't do that. And so that's going to require that we're not just focused on infrastructure development, but they're also focused on solutions. We have to have technical solutions. We have to have market solutions. We have to have community solutions that make this viable for the people in those communities. We have to be thinking about ways to make this work. Um, and we have to have objective and unbiased uh, governance. Um, we have to make sure that all parties are represented at the table. Um, uh, uh, and that was a key principle from the very start. Uh, and in addition, we have to make sure that we're uh, approaching this from all dimensions. This is not just a technical problem. It's a social problem. It's a market problem. There are, there are uh, uh, every aspect of this has to be considered as we're going forward. And we've kept that uh, as a key principle in everything that we're doing. Finally, it has to be connected. Um, uh, this is not, uh, again, it's not just a technical problem. It's a social problem, it's an economic problem, it's a supply chain problem. Uh, we have to be connected with governments, we have to be connected with the utilities, we have to be connected with the, the communities, uh, and then we have to be connected with the other hubs as we go forward. Um, and finally, uh, there, is a, there is an aspect of this within the DOE that's all about risk. <laughs> we have to actually deliver. And when we're working with our business partners, when we're working with the, the, the state and local governments, when we're working with uh, the municipalities, we have to make sure that we actually deliver what we're saying we're going to deliver. And so um, those, are our, those are our principles. What are our goals? Establish an exemplary uh, renewable clean hydrogen hub in California by 2030. Kickstart commercial viability of hydrogen, uh, focusing on the hardest to decarbonize sectors. Uh, these are the sectors that were identified in the 2045 scoping plan for California. Um, and this is a critical point. In that scoping plan, they identified uh, uh, a plan to get to uh, a zero carbon 
economy in California by 2045. And what they found was we can get somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of the way there with electrification and battery electric. But what they found was there's about 10 to 20 percent of the economy that we can't solve with battery electric. And key areas were ports, power, and heavy duty transportation that we just can't solve with battery electric. And hydrogen was identified in that plan as a, as a key solution for those. Um, and so that's what we're focused on. Um, and also, additionally, uh, heavy industry, aviation, maritime, and agriculture, other areas where uh, hydrogen can be a key solution uh, and provide really good, uh, really good results, those are harder. So ports, power, and transportation are where we can immediately have an impact. Uh, heavy industry, aviation, maritime, and agriculture are a little bit further down the road, so we're focused in the short term on these three uh, immediate sectors. Um, additionally, we want to ramp production up from 30 metric tons per day, which we could do now, to 500 plus metric tons per day by 2030. We want to produce measurable benefits for California communities with robust, robust monitoring and strong accountability, and develop a hydrogen workforce for California and a roadmap for uh, uh, developing a workforce for the nation. And then, of course, help California uh, and the nation meet the carbon neutrality goals. So what's special about ARCHES? This was part of our argument for the DOE. Uh, we're ready to go. We've got infrastructure in place, and we've got plans to build more. Uh, so we've got infrastructure readiness. We have early and diverse offtake. We're ready. Uh, the, the other places aren't so ready, but you know, California's already using hydrogen in many places, and we're ready to build up that uptake uh, right now. We have a really diverse, uh, integrated team of players ready to uh, ramp up in terms of production, in terms of consumption, in terms of uh, transportation of hydrogen. Um, we selected 39 projects as part of Arches. Uh, which is much more than any other state. I mean, California is big and diverse. We know that already. But in terms of its hydrogen economy, uh, it's it's incredible. They said that our proposal was by far the most uh, diverse uh, and, and complete. Um, and we've been working on it for almost two years already. Uh, where others are proposing what they're going to do, they said we're already doing it, uh, which was fantastic. Um, so what do we have? We have a network of 39 projects ready to go uh, almost tomorrow. Uh, and then we have another 31 projects that we didn't propose for funding from the DOE, but which we could have actually included that are also ready to go. They will probably be getting funding from other sources, possibly state funding um, as part of the larger uh, ARCHES network. Uh, and then 400 plus OEMs, technology providers, and suppliers that are kind of part of the larger uh, Arches network of uh, uh, organizations and companies. Um, and so we actually have we have a set of working groups that are working with us to, to write white papers, sort of uh, helping define uh, the Arches um, roadmap for California. Uh, uh, actively working with us, we have 400 uh, or so maybe more than 400 at this point, organizations actively participating with us in writing those white papers. And the, the, the governor recently put out a, a, a memo laying out part of his plan and explicitly called out those white papers as part of his strategy. So what does ARCHES look like? 
Well, we have a removable feedstock uh, consisting of um, solar power, uh, uh, wind generation, uh, hydroelectric, <coughs> and then biogenic uh, sources such as municipal waste, woody biomass, and wastewater. Uh, those are feeding into electrolytic production. <clears throat> so any source of you know, renewable electricity can go into electrical, electrolytic production. <clears throat> so water uh, plus uh, uh, any source of electricity from renewable sources. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember in grade school, we would take a nine volt battery and two wires and stick it in water and then you get bubbles coming up. <laughs> Basically what you're doing is using electricity to crack the H2O uh, of the water into H2 and O. And the H2 is hydrogen. And so that's what you can do. That's what using renewable sources of electricity to crack the water into hydrogen and oxygen. And then you can capture that hydrogen and, and basically bottle it up. And now you've taken your renewable source of electricity and uh, converted water into hydrogen. And you can also use any source of uh, um, stuff like woody biomass. So if they're, if they're doing things like uh, uh, in the forests, clearing up all of the, the you know, uh, dangerous biomass in the forest that is at risk of uh, causing wildfires and clearing out some of that mass, they can use that mass then uh, uh, to do biohydrogen production. And at the same time, they could do carbon capture. Uh, as they're using that biomass to produce hydrogen, they can do carbon capture. So in fact, it's not zero, our, our production is not going to be zero carbon. It's actually negative. It's carbon negative overall because of this carbon capture that they're doing uh, uh, with the biomass uh, hydrogen production. So then uh, we've got a distribution infrastructure that is some pipelines and some trucking with a little bit of storage on site for some of the, uh, the big users. Um, uh, but most of our storage is sort of in transit in the pipelines and in the trucks. Uh, and for now, uh, it takes time to build the pipeline. So for now, there's uh, uh, some trucking and pipelines. Over time, we're going to build more, more and more pipelines and use less trucking. And then uh, our end use, which is, as I said, power, heavy-duty transportation and transit, and ports. And the ports, it's drainage, so short-haul trucking, and then the port operations themselves, the various sorts of uh, uh, vehicles there. So, um, oh, I see we're covering up a lot of the words there. But uh, one of the key things about this is that we really want to help the communities that are impacted by uh, uh, pollution and low income, et cetera. And so we deliberately cited these in communities that are heavily impacted at present. And that's one of the requirements of the, the Federal Justice 40 initiative. And this, is, this program is, is part of that initiative, which requires that uh, uh, certain programs are required to help disadvantaged communities. And in that Justice 40 initiative, 40% of the rather poorly defined benefits of those programs must flow to disadvantaged communities. So we're allowed to define the benefits, uh, but uh, there's a database that shows uh, disadvantaged communities, and it's very broadly defined. It, it includes low income, 
low rates of health insurance, high incidence of various illnesses such as cancer or lung disease, et cetera. Um, so we, we looked at that. We also have Cal ViroScreen in California that has similar kinds of data. And we looked at our ARTIS sites, and that includes uh, port areas and uh, transportation corridors in the middle of the state and low-income areas, uh, et cetera. And we actually have cited and chose, that's one of the ways that we chose our, uh, which projects to include. And we're focused around the LA Long Beach area, the North Bay area, San Francisco Bay area, and then the transportation corridor up and down the middle. Our, our offtake and end use is clustered around the North Bay area and the Long Beach area. And then a lot of our production is, and transportation is up and down the transportation corridors in the middle. And that maps uh, uh, correlates very closely with uh, the disadvantaged communities in this case. Um, and in particular, there's a lot of uh, uh, pollution in those areas. And also in low-income areas in this state, it's also areas with high incidences of uh, lung cancer uh, and various cancers, uh, lung disease, etc. And then we did some analysis of um, uh, what the economic benefits would be. Uh, and first, well, first of all, we looked at what the uh, air quality benefits would be. And we're uh, transitioning to hydrogen has tremendous value in terms of uh, reduction in air pollution. And then there are some tools that the, the federal government developed to look at what the economic value of those reductions in air pollution are. And so we did some calculation. And it includes things like reduction in uh, uh, hospital visits, reduction in uh, uh, bronchitis, reduction in lung cancer, reduction in asthma, uh, reduction in then insurance costs, lost work days, premature deaths, all of those things. And what we calculated was that based on the uh, air quality improvements from all of the funded, DOE funded arches projects, uh, the actual economic value of the reduction in air pollution from just the DOE funded portion is about $3 billion a year. That's extraordinary. We're talking about $13 billion worth of projects producing $3 billion a year in economic value just from the reduction in uh, air pollution. That's not counting the, the, uh, what it's going to inject into the economy directly in terms of uh, jobs, for example. It's going to estimate, our estimate is 200 to 400,000 jobs per year produced from the projects themselves, um, you know, plus $3 billion a year in improved health uh, benefits. So uh, we think the project just pays for itself. Forget about all the other benefits. Uh, if, uh, certain people, I think, in our government, they only care about the money. So this is that's their argument for that. I personally, I grew up with asthma. Uh, I used to end up in the hospital as a kid uh, at least once a year for my asthma. That's what the one that speaks to me is the health benefits. But uh, in any case, we also have uh, just at the bottom $380 million for community benefits and workforce development uh, committed directly. Um, uh, and uh, that, one, that one's a, a, a mix of